Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. Sonic. One Knuckles. One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I am your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. This is episode 131. And I am really glad I did not read One Knuckles in uh, a Jamaican accent. <laughs> right down by the beach. Still one of my favorite comedies of all time. Do you know what, do you know what I'm talking about? No, I'm not sure, no. It's, it's, is it like the one movie you've not seen? It Probably. Half, half-baked. I've seen that. It's a very funny movie. I, 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 I liked it. I just don't remember much of it. And it's just It was Dave Chappelle before he cracked under the pressure. Before he was like, oh, I don't like any of this. <laughs> I don't know. It's a shame. It, he had to go live in Africa for a while. He's in, like, Indiana or something? He's yeah. He's, like, a house, like, in the middle of nowhere in Indiana or Iowa, like, in the Midwest. and He still does stand-up and always sells out. I'm sure he was, uh, he was the most famous comedian. <laughs> I remember my senior year of high school, after the first season of the Chappelle Show, mm-hmm. everyone was quoting Henrik James. You, uh, every, you, sh- crazy. You, you should have been on a college campus uh, oh around then, because that, that was my experience, was, uh... Drunk frat boys driving around in Jeeps screaming, I'm Rick James, bitch. I'm like, yes, you are. Yep. Yes, you are the four whitest guys I've ever seen. That's <laughs> uh, our uh, Dave Chappelle Comedy Hour. Uh, we'll be back next week. Mm-hmm. Be discussing his role in Robin Hood Men in Tights. He was a, he was a chew. He was a, you're right. <laughs> Spoiler alert. A chew? Here? Yeah. So what 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 do you say to some comical books? Oh, right, that's what we're here for. Later on, we'll be discussing. You, you, you mean on Earth, right? Yeah, that, I mean, yeah. on Earth and this podcast, both. Of course, yes. Uh, for Nerdbo Book Club, we are reading uh, Silver Surfer by uh, Dan Slott, Mike Allred. The first fifteen issues, the first their first volume together. I'm not sure which volume of Silver Surfer it is. I think there's been like three or four different Silver Surfer books before this one, but. It's the most recent completed one. It's not that I don't. So, did you put that little Silver Surfer in there, Eric, in our notes? He, he must have just found his way there. I don't <laughs> know. He's just cruising the spaceways. And well, I, I I put that in there uh, because I turned emoticon suggestions on in my uh, my keyboard on my phone. That's where I was editing this. Okay. Because you had spelled it Silver Surger. <laughs> And after I typed surfer, it suggested that. And I'm like, oh, well, why the hell not? <laughs> there we go. So, yeah, emoticons. Yeah, or looks, emoji, excuse it, me. It looks good. It does. It's, it's beautiful. But before we get to that, uh, we have some books from this week to talk about. You ready, here? Ready as I'll ever be. It is time for Weekly Floppies. Weekly Floppies is the part of the show where Eric and I will review a selection of this week's books and tell you to buy or do not buy them. You should listen to us. Uh, I don't. I mean, for the most part, I, I think you pick, pick one of us and then follow their suggestion. Although we genuinely agree on everything, so it doesn't really split decisions are seldom. Yeah, I think we have at least one every week. 
maybe maybe one every other week. I would put it in, yeah, I would one every other week. So one out of ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the most it's either we like it, but we, we may like things to varying degrees, but we both might like something. Yeah, whatever. You'll figure it out. This... You get a good, you get a sense of the quality of the thing. Yeah, our... we try and be fair. Try. Uh, our first book this week is Strayer, number one, written created by Justin Jordan, art by Juan Gedeon, Tamara Bonvillon on colors, and Rachel Deering doing the letters. Um. I, I like this. I don't know. It's, you know. It's a standard kind of, I don't know, it's standard post-apocalyptic technology is now magic kind of thing. I, you you read it as, uh, po- I guess it was kind of post-apocalyptic. It's what it's talking about in the front. Yeah. But it just feels, it just feels like weird kind of D&D world. Yeah. A little bit. It's, it's just basically where it's a fantasy setting, but the, the magic mm-hmm. is just old technology that we don't, they don't understand because the world has ended i don't know but it's it's fun it's it's you know it doesn't take itself too seriously um i I like the art uh it actually reminds me of headlopper a little bit i don't think it's as nice as headlopper i i i think it's a little clunky the artwork i mean it's not bad particularly towards the end but the the way that it starts off i this artist is not well suited to doing landscapes he does relatively interesting figures and can do a pretty okay action scene. I, to me, he's like um, he's like Michelle Fife without all the coolness. <laughs> I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I like it. It's it's not terrible, you know. I mean i I could stand to see more of this book, and uh, I think the whole package it comes together pretty well. But I think uh, I think Miss Bond villain, which is that's just what I'm going to call her. Um, She's she's doing a she's doing more than pulling her own weight here. She's uh, the the parts that I think look the coolest are like this this uh, this crazy wizard doing all that stuff and the, the, the like the little the the HUD overlays mm-hmm. and all the glowy bits. I think that stuff looks really cool. So she's really doing a lot to to make it interesting. But I feel like I feel like it's going to improve a lot and. Really are some fun action scenes in this, though. That's that's where it really excels. That monster looks pretty fun too. Giant robot guy. Yeah, it's always good. I I I enjoy it. I think I'm not a terribly excited buy on it, but uh, this is one I I feel I feel good saying a buy on it. So hell yeah. Okay, I'm a buy. I like it. I think it's it's fun. It's uh, it does the setting well enough and kind of intrigues me to see where it's going but i don't i think it's just because it's a it's you know a little lighthearted is why mm-hmm. i really am following because if it was grimmer and stuff like that, i don't think i care but because it has has a sense of like comedy to a lot of it you know there's i i you know it's enjoyable so bye mm-hmm. i like it i wasn't expecting much from it but i like it i don't really like that little short thing they're trying to sell us back but whatever mm-hmm. i guess i get that for free you get the a little bit of a comic you don't want for free. Mm-hmm. That's the way it goes. I just had the next uh, Okay. Our next book. That's Double Buy on Australia number one. Next book is Hellboy Winter Special number one. Uh, with uh, I, I'll just list everyone involved in this. Uh, it's a lot of little smaller stories. Mike Mignola, Tim Sale, Chris Roberson, Scott Alley, Chelsea Kane, Michael, Yvonne Emming, Michael Walsh, Dean Rankin, and Dave Stewart telling four different stories, I believe. Or... It's a It's a few. It's it looks like there's four listed on the, yeah, 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 the it's cover. Cool. Yeah. It it's it's worth uh, I think recognizing that Comicsology lists this as number zero. 
Okay. I don't you, understand you, you You did notice that, right? I... I went to the one Hellboy Winter Special and bought it. The I I, I understand it just has it listed as number zero com- for what or whatever reason. I, maybe they're going to do another one of these in a year from now. I, I don't see how this is a, a. It doesn't make sense to call this anything other than number one. I, it seems almost like a typo. Or not, it doesn't have a number on the cover. Uh, you it could, does not. You call just the Hellboy Winter Special. And that's so okay. It doesn't have a number. It must be zero. That must, that must be zero. That's an absence of numbers. <laughs> I guess that's. I went by the solicitation. Yes, uh, I. I don't. It's. It's fine. It's. I don't know. <laughs> it's. It's a weird. <laughs> for those of you looking for it on Comicsology, some dummy called it number zero. I just think it's worth pointing out. Um, we haven't really talked to. Like we haven't read many, if any, Hellboy. Have we read any Hellboy? We I think we maybe read a GRPD or something along the way. Uh, I don't know, sure though. I honestly don't. Nothing has stuck out in my mind, and I I kind of regret that because it's they're at least you know adequate. They're decent comics. I don't think uh, Hellboy or Mignola are my favorite of anything, but they're they're an establishment. They're important in in comics. Yeah, and I, I'm actually, I, I'm kind of want to go back and read all those Hellboys, and then mm-hmm. apparently Hellboy in Hell is actually good. Uh, it's, we'll have oh, to, we'll have to book club some in a couple it, of weeks, it, maybe. It, well, it just takes. I, I, I'm fairly certain Manuel is still drawing those, and really, they, but they take, you know, it, there's no set schedule for them. You know, mm-hmm. They come out months apart from each other. Uh, he's, but he's still writing a lot of the Hellboy comics. Um, you know, I enjoyed this. I thought, that, you know, get a. a it, I like that they did a winter special instead. Of, it's not a Christmas special. It's just like, hey, it's cold. <laughs> it's just part of the war on Christmas, Robbie. I, I, don't, like, must I, don't, be like, I don't like. I don't like this. There is one story that is sort of a Christmassy story about gifts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like it. It's, it's a, it's a, a nice sampler, I guess, of the Hellboy world. I think I'm just sort of inherently anti-collection or something. This is. Excuse me, Robbie. Um, this is, I think, is about as good as I could imagine anything being because it just revolves around Hellboy in the universe, so it doesn't feel as weird and disjointed as, uh, what was it called? Amazing Forest, what was it called mm-hmm. last week? That was amazing. Yeah. It doesn't feel as, as, as weird and whacked out as that did, but I, I just really think that these aren't for me. I'd really feel... a I'd feel better getting deeper into into this universe and these stories, but this is this is certainly not bad. I I think I like it because I've been wanting I've been like I've been thinking about Hellboy in in buying just getting old getting the trades and the collected you know the big collections and digging into them, but you know I haven't had the time or money to do it. So I was like, oh, well, I kind of want to dip my toe in, and, you know, and see, make sure that's that I really want to do this. And, you know, several of these stories are written by Mignola, you know, he created the character. He kind of has a, he has defined the voice. Um, and I, it kind of solidified the fact that, yes, I need, I want to go do that. I think if you're a huge Hellboy fan, you're probably buying this already, probably buy anything that is in that universe, you know, mm-hmm. which there are numerous spinoff, uh, Hellboy comics now, but, uh, for, I think this is a good sampler for if you aren't familiar with Hellboy, maybe you've seen the movies, you can read this, 
you won't get lost because the stories are very contained for mm-hmm. the most part. And you can go, okay, do I like the comic? Would I like it? You know? And you can, if you like this, I think it will tell you to go, hey, maybe I should go check out the other stuff. Uh, and that's kind of why I like it because it, it, I think it's a good litmus test, you know? And I think that it's a portal, you know? It's like a, it's the gateway drug to more Hellboy. <laughs> Uh, but I, you know, I like, I like, you know, there's Tim Sale drew one of these stories. Uh, I, I think all the art is kind of different in a lot of, and for all the, all the four stories are kind of different styled in different ways. You know, some of them are lighter on comedy and some of them are much grimmer. Um, I don't think Tim Sale drew a story, did he? He did the cover. Did he only do the cover? I thought he drew a story. Ah, uh, none of these look like Tim Sale to me. The first story is Tim Sale. Is it really? Yeah. Broken Vessels. God, I guess you're right. It does. It is not my favorite Tim Sale artwork. I can totally see it now, but ugh. <laughs> that makes me sad. I like it. Ah, it's okay. I I don't know. It's easily my least favorite uh, story in this book. Well, it's it's the least. It's just a weird supernatural horror thing that. Yes. It's probably if you knew more about the lore of Hellboy, it probably would mean maybe something. Uh, but you know, if you're not deep connected, it's just a weird, spooky story. Um, but I like it. I'm a buy. It's confirmed. My I want to go read more Hellboy. I do want to read more Hellboy, but I've never, I've never really been a huge fan of the comics, and I'm not wild about this one either. I think for me personally, I'm not a buy, but this is not a bad comic. It's not so bad that if you are a fan of Hellboy. If any of the things that we've talked about appeal to you, it's it's worth a shot. It's worth picking up. But me personally, I don't recommend it just out of nowhere. I would rather pick up a Hellboy trade. So I think I'm I think I'm a I'm a I'm a soft do not buy on this one. Okay, a soft one. Mm-hmm. Opposite of a of a hard one. You're a big softy. Mm-hmm. That's what they tell me. So there you go. Split decision. Hellboy winter special. Number whatever one zero, however you'd like to just just div- divide one by the other and see what happens. See if your calculator explodes. Uh, math. Sign up for math in this podcast. Mathcast. Ugh. Uh, our next comic is all new, all different Avengers number four, written by Mark Wade, art Mahmoud Azrar, colors Dave McKegg, letters Corey Pettit. Uh, we had read the first two issues of this. And I was like, okay, wait, it's going to be three-issue arc. Let's jump in on number four and see if we like it more. See if it, after it has introduced the team as a whole, if it will be more interesting or mm-hmm. accomplish more. And this is this is sort of, we get Jarvis back. Yeah. I guess Jarvis is a real person and alive, in, and he's young-ish in the post-Secret Wars Marvel Universe. Uh we kind of got seeing their the new status quo for the Avengers. Now they're set up in like a like a hangar. You know, they're working on a budget. <sighs> do, do you like this more than the other ones, Eric? It's it's not as bad as what we were reading before, but there's still something a little wrong with this. It it's not. It certainly doesn't feel as good as it should be. I know when. They said they were going to announce this book with these characters. I was very excited, and it still feels very lackluster. And I don't know, the story, the way the characters act, it's a little clunky. It just doesn't feel very good. I mean, some of the points that they throw in there, like I like the character moment of um, 
Jane Foster, Thor, uh, just sort of saying, fuck it, you know, and living like she's got no tomorrow because she's dying of cancer. Like, that's kind of cool. But more or less, just the way the characters are handled just doesn't feel very good. It's it's not a very artfully written Avengers story, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, I, I feel like everything about this I should enjoy because it is yeah. it is very much like you take that new wave of comic, like the, the Miss Marvels, and you put that same kind of feeling into a team book where it's everyone's mostly getting along you know it's not Mm -hmm. civil war or you know it's not dark it's not grim it's Mm lighthearted. but you know but you get good team up stuff i really like the the vision sequence where he makes himself so dense he can't be blown away Mm -hmm. i think that's really and it it really is kind of like you said about jane foster also is he is it feels like more like the vision that you see in the vision comic that Mm -hmm. tom king is writing you know he's kind of uh maybe uh has his mind on other things not necessarily worried about making friends. I don't know. It, it, but it doesn't. Maybe for a book like this, I prefer the Hickman kind of. Mm-hmm. Here's a big overarching yeah. threat. Here's a gigantic team, and it's less focused on di- team dynamics, and it's more about how do we defeat this thing? How do we get past it? I, I don't know. It's not bad, but it feels off. In a weird yes. way. I don't it's hard to identify. Yeah, it it we're both struggling to articulate why it just feels so little and petty and underwhelming. It's it's, it's not an excellent comic book by by any standards. I mean I it looks cool, but a lot of it's just fight scenes and punching and stuff and cars flying around. Um I don't know. I, I feel like when you have a whole bunch of these, like you have Miles and and Miss Marvel and Nova on there, you know they're all kids. I don't know. I I I don't know. It's it's less like so much of this is about those three interacting with each other, and it's very like hey teenage awkwardness. I and I don't know if it's I don't know. I, I wouldn't call it a. It's so weird. I can't. It's hard to say what I don't like about it. Uh, are you a buy or not buy? Where tell me. I could I could easily pass on this book. You are not really missing much. This does not have this does not have the teeth to it that that like a, a Jason Aaron book uh, has had or a uh, you know it, there's there's been plenty of books that have come out lately that just work that you just enjoy the premise. This feels like it doesn't really have any direction. I would read any of these characters' solo books before I read this. Yeah, that's not a bad way to look at it. It almost feels like it—it's it, it, like it's written to, like it was an assignment. Like we need a book with these characters in it, and it's like a half-hearted attempt to collect all these together. And I think that any one of these books, any one of these characters, they have had solo books that are much more interesting. And this almost feels like a disservice to the good work that's been done on every one of these characters. This is just, it just doesn't work. Yeah, I have, to, I have yeah, I guess, you know, do not buy. Yeah. I don't, it's, you, you, it reminds me a lot of that, um, was that an X-Men book? With uh, with Rogue and Spider-Man briefly and Deadpool? What was that? Uncanny Avengers? That's the, that the that Jerry was? Duggan one that just came out a couple of months ago. This feels a lot like that to me. Old Man, the... Old Man Captain America and Old Man mm-hmm. Steve Rogers, I should say. We have, yes. Although, 
I don't, I'm sure you've seen that they're bringing back. I have, and I'm not thrilled about that. Uh, yeah, it seems like a very much like, hey, there are, there's two. I'm like, what? Make a decision. Do one or the other. Don't have, don't half ass Sam Wilson, Captain yeah. America. So you can. Whole, whole ass one thing. Yeah, don't half ass two things. Mm-hmm. Um, so double do not buy only all different Avengers. I don't think we'll be checking back in on this one. I think this is the last shot. I gave it a shot. There's three issues of this we've read and still. Yeah. We can pass on this for a while. Hopefully they'll figure out what in the hell they want to do with this. Yeah. I, there's no compelling reason. Like there's no, like in this kind of book, I feel like you need to have a good yeah. MacGuffin for them to go after. Mm-hmm. And there's not one. Uh, our next book is Old Man Logan, number one, with, We'll start start from the start. Written by Jeff Lemeyer, art Andrea Sorrentino, colors Marcelo Maiolo, letters Corey Pettit. Again, uh, this is Old Man Logan post Secret Wars is in this mainstream Marvel universe. Um, not sure what's going on until he gets his mind right, and then uh, this is a pretty kind of dark book for like a mainstream Marvel universe, like. It was up, it's up there with the, that Magneto book that Colin Bunn was doing, you know, where the old man Logan is hunting people down. I don't, do you feel like this belongs, Eric? Belongs in the, the main, Marvel lineup? Yeah, it belongs in the main, like, Lo, having old man Logan from old man Logan, which is ostensibly just like, hey, the end, yeah. an end, like a, a, you know, a, uh, AU alternate universe take, you know, it's a red sun Superman, it's a, you know, Dark Knight Returns Batman. Like, you know, it's not, it, it's a theoretical end to the character, not actually canon, but now it is in a way. Uh, now he's, but him hunting down people, and now he's gonna, from the, the, the preview of the second issue, it seems like he's gonna go after Amadeus Cho Hulk for some reason. Uh, <laughs> I, it feels weird to have this in the main Marvel universe. Hmm. I don't, I don't know, um, I don't know that I have a thought whether, you know, does it need to fit? Does it need to be this? Because I think there can be room for a book that's, you know, kind of an anomaly like that, that's violent. I mean, you know, we've had things like the, the crazy ass, uh, Punisher Max series, although it wasn't necessarily part of the Marvel universe. It was just sort of off on its own. Right. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm less concerned with, like, does it fit? Is it weird that this is inserted in here? I, I, I don't know that I find it that compelling. Like, I think that Old Man Logan, I mean, it, it was a statement. It's, it's like you're, like you're saying, you know, I was basically done with it. Yeah. You know, like you said, like, end note. That's not, that's not a bad way to look at it. it told its story. Yeah. It's, I've got all I want out of it. And I remember they kind of rebooted it and then stopped because of Secret Wars. I was more interested in that world with him traveling with the Hulk, maybe. Right. Which they showed briefly. And that I, this, him on, like, petty revenge for things that aren't real anymore. Yeah. I, I, that, that's, that is not compelling to me. No, you know I, him, him, him being like I don't know. I it feels kind of empty. It does. It really, really does. Yeah, I, I don't like that. Him going after revenge. It just feels like he already kind of did that. Yeah, like, and now he's doing it. Like, doesn't I, I mean 
Logan isn't a super genius, but I think he can comprehend that it's not the same place. Like, it's a different yeah. world that's back in time, and, like, him just suddenly filled with blood rage, like, unless they're gonna say something about it, uh, just a violent old man Logan isn't that interesting to me. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's like, okay, cool, he's killing guys, that's cool, I, I, Wolverine has killed many dudes, I can go read many other comics where he hunts down hordes of guys that I'm more invested in and I care about when this is already concluded and now they're just like, hey, here's more. I, I don't... Here's the book that you didn't know you wanted but you really don't want. You don't... Yeah, I don't... If this maybe will turn into like, hey, why are you doing this, you lunatic? Like, uh-huh. that would that, be interesting. That And that may be what it is, you know, when he gets to... Uh, when he gets to, to Banner, you know, maybe it's like, hey, I... I'm not killing and eating people, so it's yeah. really it's okay. Hey, I'm not even Banner. I'm now. I'm it. I'm a different guy now. The whole yeah, you, your universe ended. It's fine. Yeah, Just chill out. You gotta kind of let that stuff go. Mm-hmm. You I, I, maybe it will become that, but it showed no signs of that in this issue. There's no inner dialogue going like, "Oh, I shouldn't do this." It's more like, "Oh, this is great. I love murder." Like, I don't, that's not interesting. I'm, that Logan stopped being interesting like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that was why him t- taking over the X-Men school and that rivalry with Cyclops after that, like, the t- that was interesting because of that fact. Because he was turning over a new leaf in a weird way. You know, he was becoming a leader and not just a savage. Uh, I don't, uh, I, I think it looks fine. It's, I think Sorrentino I... was doing the art in, the the for the 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 Secret Wars tie-in, and I thought that was always fine. I I do not enjoy it. I'll just say that. Okay. I it's not my thing. Well, I don't. I certainly don't enjoy it enough to say it's warrant buying the book for. Uh, no, it's clearly not. Uh, I mean, part of the appeal of the original Old Man Logan is like it's Steve McNiven drawing it. It looks mm-hmm. amazing. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I wish, and I Jeff Lemire generally, I really enjoy his work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. It's the only thing that that makes this palatable. I just feel like it 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 just doesn't. I don't know. The, the, no whole, direct- the whole the whole thrust of it is wrong, right? Yeah, maybe after if check back. I, like I know you're supposed to give it a few issues to maybe see if it does something, and maybe we will. But I, I don't. You don't need to read this to get the gist of it. Like you could. This could be a zero issue. Like, nothing happens in this. Like, he murders an, a guy I've never heard of. He he probably did exist in some Z-list villain that I've never... He, that guy's dead. Okay, whoop-de-doo. Uh, but nothing in this is like... It could This could be zero issue. And I, I don't... You don't need to read it. Even if you like Old Man Logan. You could jump, probably just jump into number two, where he's actually going after someone in the Marvel Universe, an interesting character. And maybe that will make it better. Maybe we'll read number two. But this one, I do not buy. You don't need to read this. There's nothing essential in this. Absolutely not. I just plain don't like it. <laughs> Double do not buy on Old Man Logan number one. Our final book of the week is where is it? There it is. Faith number one. Come on, credits. Where, where you be? It's written by Jody Hauser, Francis Portella on art, Marguerite Savage fantasy sequence art, Andrew Dalhouse colors, Dave Sharp letters. Um, a valiant book, Eric. We haven't read one of these in a while. This is not. It's not quite like other valiant books it's pretty different actually <laughs> yes it is it's it's it, it is it feels in the same vein as the miss marvels the batgirls the miss spider woman's all those kind of books you know 
a lighter touch, more lighthearted. Uh, I Faith is a character apparently that's been in a established Valiant book that a lot of people liked, so they spun her off and gave her her own title. What do you think about her? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I am not wild about this book, and nothing really, nothing really amazes me about this character. She's she is exactly every fangirl I've ever known, but just with superpowers, I, I don't I don't know. I would love this book if Marguerite Savage was uh, drawing all of it. <laughs> I believe that's her. I I can't pronounce the Frenchiness of that. I'm yeah, terrible. I, I don't. I you're not. Don't look at me. Yeah, I know. But I I have adored her her art for ages. But this like this this nineties sort of I, I, this nineties carryover style just does not work for me. Oh God. I think that's really my my biggest. I would like this a lot better if someone else was drawing. Ugh, I would I would be thinking less about the things that I don't like about it. I would just be distracted by beautiful artwork. Yeah, it's it's the writing is competent. You know, it's yeah, yeah, it's, it's fine. It it certainly captures a character and makes me think of real humans that I know. And I think that even if they're people that I don't like, that's still probably a good thing that it it feels like a a person, you know. Yeah. I think it's ridiculous that they call, I mean her name is Faith. Mhm. And then she has a secret identity that she's pretending to be this reporter, but they call her Faith and they call her Zephyr. And I think that's really confusing. I didn't it's, Were, I didn't were you even confused notice. about that at all? You I did didn't, not. I didn't even notice it. You did not notice that the, that she has like 22 names. I just no, I never you know. I they a lot of it was just like okay, she had a name, then she changed the name. Now she has a different other name. I was just like okay, whatever. I mean, I, I, fair enough. I think they're probably just trying to clear that up for people who were following this from the other book. You know, they're moving over to this, so they're trying to clear. I don't know. Maybe those people would understand. So they're like, hey, this happened in that book, and now it's this book, and it's different. But art, I don't mind the art. You know, I just don't feel like this book is like, I don't think it's, it doesn't feel like it stands out in, in a lot of ways. Like, I, I wish they went more for that fangirl stuff, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like that fantasy sequence, I think is, a, is really good. It's really funny. And the, yes. the, the joke about how many Chris guys are playing superheroes in the movies. And I think that, that if there was more of that and I like the end of her fighting guys and with, for puppies. Like that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's a good way to make me like a superhero. They defend a lot of helpless puppies. Uh, there's just a lot of stuff in between. Like it, it's doing, there's a lot of characters introduced, you know, her whole news team. You get meet all of those people. Plus she has her secret people that she talks to about superhero stuff. And you're supposed to know all that too. I don't, it's, I think I'd give it a shot for another issue or two and see if it, again, like, Get some sort of a, a tighter identity of what it's doing, different than numerous other superhero books. I definitely like this within every other Valiant book we've read. Yeah, no, every other Valiant book because it it doesn't feel like Valiant. No, which you know it's nineties, but mm-hmm. today, yeah, I, I'm a buy Mushmeter three. I could even go deeper, but I don't think I will. I. I would be. I mean, I really wish Marguerite Savage was drawing more of this book. I mean, I I really can't harp on that enough. <laughs> I would I would be very happy and confident in buying this book. 
if she had more to do with it. It's still the best part of this book. I'll 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 say three out of five. I could definitely I could I could almost go five out of five, but I don't think I will because it's not that wretched. It's just I don't know. It's got its problems. So I'll 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 ante up. I'll match you on that one. Okay, so that's a double buy on Faith Number One Mushmeter of three point We'll probably we'll check back in on it, you know, down the line and uh, make a final decision. Well, as, as final as any of our decisions can be. Uh, did you read anything else, Eric? Not this week. No, not even on accident. No, I haven't either. I I, I, I got to catch up on Southern Bastards. Yeah, I'm a couple issues back. I'm I'm considerably back. I'm broken hearted about that. My dad keeps asking me. He's like, when's the next trade out? I'm like, well, the next trade's going to have more issues, so it's going to run. It's like, oh, I, but I, I want it now. I'm like, well, join. Welcome to the club of comic books. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You, your dad's never read comic books before, huh? He, like, he collects them for the art and for their value. You know, older comics. He's, mm. I, I'm getting him into reading new comics now. I, I've got him Thor and I got him Southern Bastards and I got him Sixth, Sixth Gun, which he's, he said, "I'm not waiting for you to buy me more of them. I'm going to buy them on my my own." Okay, I could I could not successfully make my father read Southern Bastards. I'm positive he would like it. That's often the hardest thing. Yeah, just just try and get him to. I don't, I don't like anyone who's grown up in the South would I, could identify with that book. I have a feeling like I don't. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I didn't read anything else either. I, I, of course, I bought other things that I haven't read. But I'm a lunatic. Yes. I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think we can move on to our next segment. It is time for checking in. Checking in is the bar show. Eric and I will uh, talk about what we've been up to during the week. Uh, video games, television, movies, recommendations, if robots. There's been robots on the show. We've talked about making Eric made a robot at a point. I did. I did. Um, so... Eric, I see you typed something. I had typed something. It doesn't even have a an emoji in it. Oh, one is, let's talk about that. Emoji? No, not, a, not emoji. emojis. Not emojis. The thing you typed. Uh, well, I typed Gravity Falls. Thank you for for putting it that way. And now it's Gravity Falls G. I don't know how that <laughs> happened. <laughs> what is wrong with computers? Oh my god. Um, yeah. Have you? Are you familiar with Gravity Falls at all? I know that it is a show that has, I believe, only went two seasons, and now the creator has gone on to do something else? I think they're they're going to do more than the two seasons. I think they're ending it after one more. Oh, uh, okay. I don't know. I, I, I've not seen it. I know that they're, they have a very rapid fan base, much like yes. Steven Universe. Uh, it is. It, it, well, I think, like a lot of these shows, it's it's very deserved. It is a very well-done show. The, one of the things that I like about it is the, the the jokes are just incredibly rapid fire, and the characters are they're they're very well defined and really I don't know they have, they have a they all have a lot of moments. It's 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 very well written. It's very good content. I'm uh, how long are they full length or are they like the uh, cartoon? These network, are the, right, no, these are thirty minute uh, episodes. Regular, yeah, regular. Uh, it, it it's a pretty standard cartoon. Okay. You know? The, the the premise is this uh, these twin brother and sister get shipped off uh, to live in a weird town called Gravity Falls with their great uncle who they call Grunkle Stan. Just 
I don't know, weird little fact of the show. Um, Maybe and I smiled. Uncle Stan is a funny thing. He's he is he's hilarious. All the characters are very funny, but his like Grunkle Stan has he's laughing at it again. I can't help it. It's a funny <laughs> he, word. He, he has turned his house into like a weird Ripley's believe it or not sort of sideshow, but it's just all made up bullshit. But like all, the whole town is like engulfed in crazy paranormal weird shit happening. Like. It's just like every episode is like some weird monster of the week thing that they find out in the woods. But that's kind of one of the best things about the show is that even though it's episodic, they actually make reference to other things that they've done. Like, oh, remember when this happened or like they'll introduce a new character and that character stays in the show. You know, it's it's very, very interesting how it builds on itself and doesn't just resort to that formula of everything goes back to normal like they actually keep up with their own continuity and uh it's very compelling and very well written the last two episodes of the first season because i've only seen the first season were actually written by uh matt chapman who used to do homestar runner so he he had worked on this team for a good little while in their writer's room I did not actually know this. The first person to tell me this was Matt Chapman himself at, <laughs> at Heroes Con last year. And these episodes are pretty old. Like I had, I, my, a friend of mine showed me back in 2012 or 13 or something. I went to visit him and he's like, the show Gravity Falls is amazing. And he showed me this episode called Fight Fighters where uh, an arcade machine makes this guy who, it's like a Street Fighter game. And one of the one of the fighters comes to life and he's like this weird pixel monster wandering around. And it, it's animated by Paul Robertson, uh, who, if you don't know who that artist is, you should just Google him right now because he's bananas how amazingly talented he is. His art is incredibly fucked up. You're, you've been warned. Oh, good. Um, but uh, so you just you just found it. I found a Tumblr. Yeah. The, background is, the background's blinking at me. Yep, his Tumblr's amazing. You should just 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 scroll on it for a while. It's he's one of my favorite contemporary artists. He's amazing. He also uh, he did uh, a bunch of stuff for Tribute Games, including uh, Mercenary Kings. Okay, yeah. He I also can... did the the Scott Pilgrim game. Yes, I can. Yeah, I can see that. I'm. I I just have there's an art sheet of Zelda's and Link's that yes. is really neat. Every all of his art is just so cool. Uh, he. He he animated Rumble McSkirmish and Doctor Karate for that that episode called Fight Fighters. Oh my god, it's just absolutely hilarious. But it it's it's an amazing show. Um, god Almighty, I think my favorite character is uh, Gideon, who's like this this little child who acts like uh, like a Southern evangelist, <laughs> and he's got huge bouffant hair. But he's like he's like a foot and a half tall. He's like a he's like a gnome or something. He's so little. But God, his voice just cracks me up. He talks in this weird effeminate southern accent, but he's got like weird psychic powers and he's like Grunkle Stan's nemesis. The show is so weird and it's so funny. Like I I'm quite taken by it. I did not think I would enjoy it anywhere. I knew it was good. But I didn't think I'd enjoy it anywhere near as much as I did. It's just, it's thoroughly excellent. 
you should you should definitely watch a couple of episodes. You at least need to watch the Fight Fighters episode, which is quite possibly the funniest one. It is hilarious. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna. I need. I still need to watch Steven Universe. I still need to watch this. It's there. It's on par, honestly. Okay. And I am. A, I'm. A, I am a big fan of Steven Universe. Although uh, I, I'm. I think I'm more obsessed with Rick and Morty. Right. But this is. This is still. It's excellent content. Rick and Morty doesn't come out with a new season until the middle of 2017. Okay. That sounds. Yep. It's a long time. That's a long that, time. That, hurt, that, that hurts me. There's other things you can experience in it. I doubt it. <laughs> you ready to talk about puzzles? Yep. Riddle me this. That's a riddle, not a puzzle. We're different. It's a, a riddle's a kind of puzzle, isn't it? I I guess. Uh, how does that Venn? How does that Venn diagram? I guess work? a riddle can be a puzzle, but a puzzle does not have to be a riddle. Exactly. Okay. I've been playing a video game, Eric. I know you know because you followed me on Twitter. And uh, we're Steam friends, so and, I get to see the goddamn thing pop up constantly. Yes, I. it came out this week, past Tuesday. It is Jonathan Blow's new game. Jonathan Blow made Braid, uh, which is now... This is this game is seven years in the making. Braid basically started doing this as soon as Braid was released. It is called The Witness. Um, it is a puzzle game. You are a dude or person. You don't really have a sex. You are a person on an island. On this island, there are puzzles uh and they are all variations on I don't, have you seen anything about this Eric? <sighs> only what we talked about last week that i looked up on steam i have not followed it so okay tell I, me tell me everything I, I i won't uh because it would spoil some of it um because a lot of the fun is the discovery of so the, give me you can give me the sales pitch first yeah yeah this. well it it all the, the the puzzles are all kind of like mazes. You have a, a start point, and you have to guide a light to the end. You know, follow a path, a specific path, usually, and get to the end. And every single puzzle in the game is a variation on that. And it, it sounds very simple. So it's it's kind of like how Braid was like a platformer puzzle using the time travel gimmick. Yes, and then. But from that very simple thing, mm -hmm. there are numerous variations and mechanics that are, get added to it, uh, involving shapes, colors, the function of different symbols in the in the mazes, and how these mazes interact with the real world, and how the real world interacts with these mazes. Uh, for instance, some mazes, uh, depending on what kind of light is is like, you have the physical surface of the maze. Depending on how a shadow plays on the surface of the maze, it may impact how you solve it. Or physical objects. If a physical object is in the way, you cannot go through it. So your perspective will matter. You may have to change how you're looking at a maze to solve it. You may have to... Sometimes it's in the environment the answers are. You have to go look at it from a different a different vantage point. It is staggering, honestly. Like, and... There are 11 sections on the island, 11, and they're kind of identified by biomes. You know, you have a desert area, you have a quarry, you know, it's all rocky. You have um, a castle, which, like, has hedge mazes. There's, uh, like, a swampy area. There's, a, there's like, an area up in trees, like a tree house. We have tree houses with, like, a pass you have to build. Um, it's really complex. It cl very cleverly introduces 
a mechanic, like gives you a little mini tutorial, but adding on, like making it, the first one is very simple, not really a puzzle even, it just shows you how this thing works. And then you'll get in sequence more and more complex things. And I've gotten to the, like, you'll see five in a row. And you can't get to, you know, you can't get to the second one until you beat the first one. So you beat the first one, and you'll go, okay, I get it. Second one, a little trickier. Eh, easy. Third one, okay, I understand how this is working. Fourth one, oh, okay, that's a little trickier. It takes me, like, three tries, but I got it. And the fifth one, you're like, I don't think I actually understand how these work. <laughs> I, I, I think those, I am, I need to go back and look at those other ones because I don't. And once you get it, you're like, oh, oh that's so simple. It's so, mm-hmm. so easy. But then you're like, but getting to that point is like the, the journey. Um, the story is not, there's really isn't a story. You know, like you mentioned that it looks like Talos principle, mm-hmm. you know, and there is nothing like, you know, there's no voice from the sky. There is no like communications going on really in this game. The story is figuring out what the hell this island is. There's weird stuff all over it. There's uh, there's signs of people being there other than the puzzles. There's weird statues everywhere. You'll find audio logs, which are just quotes from philosophers and, and explorers like Einstein or uh, I'm trying to think of another notable. I think there's a Gandhi in there somewhere, but and some people I've never heard of. Um, you'll find those, and it's not necessarily clear what they're all telling you other than what the quote's about. Um there are numerous doors just hidden away from the main puzzle areas where you're like, I, like you go up to one until you start solving all the other areas. You have no idea how to get through it. You're like, oh, there's like things on this door. I've done this puzzle. I've never seen before. Like a weird shape. What does that shape do? I don't know. I can't do this. Uh, that leads underneath the island to weird places. I unlocked something the other night. I'm like, what is this? This is a weird, th- this doesn't seem like it belongs in this game. But it's there, and I'm like, now I need to know all of that. I only got a little tiny piece. I need the rest. But there's like, you only have to beat seven of the sections to get the end, the end area, which I believe also has a large selection of other more puzzles where you have to beat them to actually, you know, quote unquote, complete, finish the game. But mm-hmm. there's like 700 puzzles in total. Uh, so I, there's only two achievements on Steam. One is to finish the game, and one is, I guess, to get everything. I'm, that's my guess. It's hidden, so I don't know this. And I haven't looked it up. I've not looked up anything outside the game. I've not looked up hints or, or, or clues or anything. I've all, I've just gone straight into the game and kind of let it. It's been very frustrating at some points, but also very rewarding. Um, I, I, a lot of people have been criticizing it, say, oh, it's just a game with a whole bunch of mazes. I'm like, that's so derivative. That's not what this, the, the process is the, the, the interesting thing about it of learning all these things and how it's not, I don't know how, how simple a thing can be expanded upon. I, I, it's, it's uh, on steam and on PS4. Now I believe it's going to be on Xbox eventually. I think they're also working on an iOS version. Um, it's $40, which a lot of people go also $40 for a puzzle game. That's too much. Like I, I'm having a lot of fun and it's a long game. If you want to unlock everything, I don't, I don't know if I can, uh, people are saying it's a hundred hours plus game if you want to get any everything. So you can, you're going to get your money's worth. I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, if you really like it. I mean, it's still a puzzle game. You don't like puzzle games, you won't like mm-hmm. it. But it's. It, I think it's. It you could directly compare it to. I mean, we've already said Braid. We've already said the Talos Principle. Mist. I think Portal One and Two. Mist. Absolutely. It's like mist, but more streamlined. You know, it's this mm-hmm. mis- weird, mysterious island. You don't know what's going on there. You don't know why you're there. 
Um, and that's, and everything after you complete a very small initial tutorial area that just basically teaches you how the puzzles work, um, like the very simple format of them, you can go anywhere that you've unlocked. Like you can go like, okay, I'm going to go to the quarry. Man, I don't understand these puzzles. I can't get past this tutorial. Okay, well, I'll walk to the swamp area and try those. Oh, these are easy for me. Like, and it's also interesting to me, like how, like some of these puzzles, like some of these areas, I breeze right through. No mm-hmm. trouble whatsoever. Other ones, I'm like, oh, this is so hard for me to grasp. And I think that's really interesting uh, just to see kind of how my brain works. Like how I can easily assemble this puzzle, get through it real quick. Other ones, I'm like, I can't grasp this even the concept of it but uh i could not recommend it more i'm really enthralled by it i i am there it is a game where i have multiple sheets of graph paper in front of in front of me constantly sketching stuff out i have cut out little tetris shaped pieces because you need those in certain puzzles just i have a whole desk like a whole mound of different ones just all of them just cut out so i can move them around inside these grids that i've gotten that i've written down there's a puzzle I couldn't solve today. I drew seven different variations on it and trying to figure out what the solution is. I did not figure out the solution. I abandoned that one for now. It's very colorful. Yeah, it's and it's a very pretty game mm. as well. The, the, it, I really do like the, the graphics engine. It is really nice looking. I imagine that was the last thing that they worked on because that changes so so rapidly. Apparently, this game has been finished like three different times, and then Jonathan Blow has gone back and changed stuff around again. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's really great. I it, you know I, I I could rave about it for a long time, but I don't going any further than I have kind of would ruin some of the the things you find out. And because the game is so like so broad in its the way it constructs the puzzles, you often find yourself thinking probably that it's more complicated than they are a lot of the time because you're like, okay, is this... Because the mechanics will interweave all the time and you're just like, okay, I need to know these three things, but that... You're like all like a set of rule and logic is like being set up in your head as you go. And it's really so much fun. I just, it's re, it's constantly discovering new things in this little island. And it's really cool. It's a great game. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> That's it. I've been playing that and that only that. I watch wrestling. Does that count as something? I think it does. Royal Rumble is okay. You seemed so excited about it. Yeah, the the promise of the Royal Rumble is almost always better than the actual Royal Rumble. You'd literally say, basically, I don't know. Was it last year you uh, you rage quit uh, wrestling forever? No, uh, it was it was. Let's see, um, not the last Royal Rumble, the Rumble before that. Was it really that long ago? It was. Yeah, I did not realize. I thought it was. It was the same night that uh, the Broncos had already had already beat the Patriots at that point. But it was the same night. Everyone was talking about the Panthers, and everyone was talking about the Royal Rumble, and all the nerds on Twitter were like, "Oh God, what was the that was the the." The artist that does that, uh, oh, god damn it, what's that Kate Leth book that we both didn't like that much? The one that went so slow. Oh, Power Up? Was it called Power Up? Damn it. I should have just said that. <laughs> yeah, the, the artist that did that was like, why can't the football boys just, just hug the wrestling boys? And everyone was like, half of my Twitter feed is football and half of it's wrestling. Ah. Like, uh, people like things. Matt Cummings. Matt Cummings is definitely his name. He wants... 
He wants just everybody, everyone to hug. I mean, wrestlers hug sometimes. I guess so. You ready to talk about the surfer, Eric? Uh, we might as well. Okay. Yeah, I, I was mean, gonna, I was gonna tell you that uh, Noelle Stevenson watched the Royal Rumble, and her whole Twitter feed was like, "I love that you're watching wrestling." I, so I thought that was cute. She'd probably like NXT more, but it's just because you do. Because NXT is demonstrably better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, I will, I will, I will not, I will not disagree with that. It's it's a better thing than the straight WWE. It's, I think most ninety five percent of people agree. I, I, cause I'm one of those people, I think that we're the right kind of people, obviously. Mm-hmm. The right kind of people. Yeah. You yeah. know who thought that? Hitler. And Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they'll go down in history as some of the best people. Jesus. All right. Hitler was always right. Okay. We're going to move on. It's a new Mountain Dew flavor. <laughs> oh, good. Can't wait. What does it taste like? <laughs> I have answers, but I'm not going to say any of them. Good. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? I'm not sure anymore. Okay, there was a poll that was rigged for what the new Mountain Dew flavor was going to be called. Oh, okay. And there were a bunch of there were there was a coordinated effort for Hitler was was actually right or something like that to be the winning name of the flavor. God. There was a I mean, it was a, it was a joke, but it was like a big online it was like a 4chan thing or something. That sounds right. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, let's let's move on to our next segment, our final segment of the week. It is time for Nerd Boy Book Club. Nerd Boy Book Club is where Eric and I will assign a longer collective work and discuss it like you would in a book club. In-depth discussion, there will be spoilers. Don't pick up on that already. Uh, this week we are doing the aforementioned Silver Surfer, number one through fifteen by Dan Slott, Mike Allred... What you laughing? By heavy, by, by heavy sigh, Dan Slot. Yeah, exactly. By <sighs> Dan Slot. I, I will, I will. We'll talk about that a little bit. Okay. Um, I want to get the entire creative team in here and just define the credits issue. I know Laura Allred almost always colors Mike. Yeah, Dan Slot and Mike Allred, storytellers, quote unquote. Laura doing Laura Allred doing colors and Clayton Cows on letters. Um, we read the first couple issues. Of this and we're really positive on it. Uh, I I had not checked back checked back in on it since that point. Uh, with it recently relaunching a new number one, they had put this all on sale on Comicsology, so I picked it up because I wanted to check in on it, uh, see how it you know how it expanded on the kind of the premise that it created in the first couple issues, um, which is I think we talked about it at the time, which is kind of like a Doctor Who type thing, you mm. know, where you take a all powerful being, interdimensional, uh, and you give them a female human companion. To humanize them a little bit, um, I I liked this. I, despite my not, I don't. You're care. hating Doctor Who. I I don't hate Doctor Who. I just don't care about Doctor Who for the most part. Uh, <laughs> hate is such a strong feeling. You always seem very very negative about it. Um, whenever we discuss it, so I, I I don't know. You obviously you know how you feel. Better than I do, but from the way you usually carry on about it, it I, feels I, I, like you hate it. I hate... You certainly seem to hate the fan base. Is that what you're going to say? Yeah. The, the thing itself is a fine thing, but it's kind of like how I feel about all the My Little Pony fans a lot of the time. Mm, I feel like... I, the, there's the, probably some overlap, but... I agree. I mean, it's just the fact that, like, it's taken maybe a little too seriously, 
And I don't know. There's a lot of issues that aren't about the show itself that I don't like. The show mm-hmm. itself, I think, is a fine thing that it's not my thing. You know, I don't like it that much. I think it's okay. But the, a lot of the stuff are surrounding the show, mm-hmm. I don't really like that much. Um, but this, I, 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 I like this. I, I think a lot of it is because it's set in the Marvel Universe. Um, because, I don't know. I like I've always liked the weird ass cosmic stuff. Oh yeah. And uh Dan Slot does not is not afraid to delve into weird and wacky stuff. Mm-hmm. This is th- this is like a love letter for the weirdest of the weird of um I mean it feels like weird classic Stanley bullshit. Did I ever did I ever let you read that awful Stanley magazine? Where Silver Surfer like finds Mephisto in space, no. it's awful. Oh, no. it's awful. This is like a good version of that, um, and it's hard to describe. It's like all the all the more narration kind of moments, or when there's like a strange cosmic being talking. It feels like that, and when it's supposed to be huge, but I don't know. Surfer talks like a person. Yeah, interacts with. Um, Oh hell! I don't remember her name now. Dawn. Dawn. Yeah. Earth Such Girl. Obvious. Yes, Earth Girl. Dawn Greenwood. When when they interact, they feel very human, and it's very charming. And they both, you know, they reveal good character. So it's interesting that they combine all of that Stanley Kirby corniness with real character moments. I I enjoy it quite a lot. Yeah, it, it's. Like, they do have that kind of broad proclamation, I am this over surfer, and I have, mm-hmm. I hold the power cosmic and all that stuff at times, but it's always, you know, in a place where it makes sense. You know, he just isn't that weird character mm-hmm. all the time. And yes. Be, and I think that it is good that he has Dawn there to bounce off of because she is an actual modern human person that when he starts talking like that to her, it shows how ridiculous it is. Mm-hmm. And then he goes back to talking like a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I do love, I love all reds, uh, like straight out of Kirby classic, ugly Hulk. Yes. That's and like, I think Mike Allred is the, a great artist for this book. He's yeah. He, he definitely makes it quirky and charming, which is what this story needs. Yeah. He's like, his style is odd enough that it, you know, it could it sells the, the weird ass cosmic mm-hmm. stuff, but he can also kind of root the emotional, you know, the emotional moments as well. It's it's not that it it, it balances that line very well. It makes it look crazy, but also, hey, look, it's just you know, I never, I don't know. I, I think the humans look human. You know, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. There's the, he, there's a good. Line. They look like weird. They look like weird humans. Well, everything in this book, it's like yeah. all red. It's not going. That is that, that is so strange about the way his art looks because it looks well drawn. Like he can, in particular, draws like figures in dimension really well. Like they're they're they feel three dimensional and like their bodies like they tilt and shift in perspective really well. But like just because it's well drawn, it's just so strange. Like they, I don't know. They look like you could walk up and meet one, but I would be horrified to see someone that looks like the way Mike Allred draws them. It works in the context of this book. Oh, of course. Yeah, uh, it's. I don't have you. How much experience do you have with Silver Surfer, Eric? Very little. 
I mean, okay. I think the only books that I have that I have read, one we uh, we read together. We read um, oh, who he was the Silver Savage in Planet uh, Hulk. In yeah. Planet Hulk. Yep. Uh, and then there's that weird Stan Lee collected magazine that I have. Right. Um. Really, that's about it. He's a character that I've always been interested in, but this. This version of Silver Surfer definitely fits the sales pitch understanding of the character that I that I had in my head. Yeah, yeah, you know? it 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 smooths out a lot of the dumb things about him. That there was a, a series, I believe, in the '90s or maybe late '80s that I read as a kid that was nothing special. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like this is a good take on the character that it makes him like you know distant. And guilty because of all he did, mm-hmm. trying to redeem himself. Honest. And another thing they did really well that I think is a lot of fun is that it gave the, his board character. Mm-hmm. That maybe he is alone, but the board itself does have a personality. And it with you know we see it kind of. It's really fun how it you know uses mirror image to like a magic mirror, which they made, mm-hmm. made note of. Um, I'm surprised you haven't read the Silver Surfer book that was drawn by Mobius. I might have leafed through it at some point. Maybe a friend of mine had owned it. Um, my impression of all that Marvel Mobius stuff is that it just wasn't very good. It, it did not seem like Mobius's best work. Like I remember looking at it and being very underwhelmed. It 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 looks nice, you know, enough. It, uh, the story. I mean, Stan Stanley drew it. I mean, not drew it, wrote it. So mm-hmm. he he drew the letters. Right. Well. Depending on who you ask, Jack Kirby might have mm-hmm. also drawn a lot of those letters. Uh, uh, but I don't know that uh, it's nothing to write home about. I, I feel like honestly, of everything I've read from Silver Surfer, this is the most interesting thing about the most interesting one I've read. Mm-hmm. I, there's a Silver Surfer uh, story that was in the mid 2000s that was drawn by Isad Rivik or painted by Isad Rivik. Hmm. It was really nice. Um, it was like a Surfer. I think I think it's it's like an end story, basically. You know, the the death of Silver Surfer. Requiem was the name. Um, Mm. That was really good, even though it was written by J. Michael Straczynski. Uh, It looks really pretty. Um, So I I really like, but it's like four issues. It's not, and there's not much of a story there. It's just like him surfing around, you know, Mm -hmm. on his last days and trying to set things right before he dies. Um, It's an excuse for Esad Ribic to draw stuff. Yeah, basically. Um, This part where he drives a moon into Galactus. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty sweet there's a, and it's yeah like it, a lot of this is like crazy sci-fi stuff that you know they base an issue around like you know twilight zony kind of stuff in a certain way and also doctor who another like the episodic feeling but they managed to tie it all together in a certain way and each one thematically connects to the character mm-hmm. yeah like there's every time he goes somewhere it is a, it's telling about his character and it not is only just, hey, look at this neat thing on this place. What is this weird? What's the weird thing about this planet? It's not only that, you know, they, they use it to tell something about the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you think about that issue that they're stuck in the time loop? I was I found it very charming. It I mean, it's silly to call it redundant because that's the whole point of it. But I thought it was um 
I don't know. I, I like it when they do weird experimental things like this. Yeah. I, I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was fun. No, it was I I enjoyed it. I liked mm-hmm. I, I liked them doing that. And it, it really that issue is really interesting because it's all half panel, you know, mm-hmm. half page basically. You only see the bottom half of a page or the top half of a page. And then finally when they break free of it, you get an entire page full of color. Uh and it really it like it makes you feel the change mm-hmm. that they've actually they that they've broken free of this loop. Very successfully, I, I really. It made me feel like, hey, they're out, you know. Um, you know the the little aliens in the Gerard expanse. That's obviously you know yes. Jean Gerard. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. and there's uh, the. Why do they speak French? Oh, they. That's only because you're a translator. It's, they speak space, it's space French. Space French. <laughs> yes, I did laugh out loud when I saw that. What do you think about Don? I uh, I think she's interesting enough. They usually don't show a lot of character when she, she's supposed to be pretty heartthrob girl. I I don't know. I do like I I do like the the bits of character that they do set up for. I don't think she's particularly flat or weak. I just think that she's made for us to like and identify with. Yes, she's whenever I see that to where she's just girl character that you're supposed to like, I kind of I don't know. It feels a little bit flatter. She's not absolutely flat, though. I do like the bits of character about uh, her and her sister and how she's the one that's like the homebody. I don't know. She's she's interesting enough. I like when she turns on surfer but it's she could she could have more depth but there's only so much injected in here it could definitely go a lot deeper than it did yeah they could i i i mean i feel like it's just a restriction of the fact that she is in this book with silver surfer and you only get that first issue by she's by her lonesome Mm -hmm. and all the other character stuff is all in in connection to him and her reactions to him. Yes. And it's a that, little damsel in distressy, which they tried hard to say that that's, I don't know. They like, she, she pulled herself out of the situation in the first couple of issues to try and show you that she's not that, but I don't know. Silver server is like, kind of like a God. Yes, exactly. That and that, I mean, I think that's like she's she's the she's the heart. She's the emotion. Mm-hmm. She's the humanity. Exactly. And he, and he is, you know, the the power, the 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 nobility of of that, if you want to call it that. The the, the kind of the responsibility of that power. You know, mm-hmm. all that stuff tied into it. And I feel like they like she serves. Of she does. She works well in humanizing him mm-hmm. and and making him interesting. Uh, I feel like she you already kind of said it. She could use some more development on her own, mm-hmm. but I don't think many people would buy the. I I really it was there's that moment where she was about to become a herald, mm-hmm. and I really and I wouldn't be surprised if they did this at some point where it's inverted where she gets the power you know, the power cosmic and silver surfer becomes Norn rad and they mm-hmm. do that kind of inverted thing, you know, for, for a time. I, I think that would be interesting. 
Um, you saw a little bit of that vulnerability in him, but she mm-hmm. never, until that very end when she gets the ability to kind of remake the creation stuff, um, you didn't really see her as anything more than just, hey, I'm a human and I care about stuff. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. You know, it's not bad. No, it's not. It's a little, certainly when you apply it to a, uh, a female character, it's, it's, it's kind of stock. It feels a little stock standard, but it does, it, <sighs> I don't know. It's cute and it's a vulnerability that the story needs because he would, it, it really does sort of bring it back to earth, so to speak. Ooh, see what you did there. I know. It's impressive, isn't it? It is. I, I got, it, I'm, I'm, it has it, gotten me excited about the, the new book. I'm, mm-hmm. I want to check that out too. I really like it. When is, it hasn't come out. It hasn't come out yet. It First, says coming in January and I believe it has. There's there's not a lot of January left if it's still coming out. I think it already came out. It, it seems like it would have at this point. It seems like they wouldn't miss that deadline. Yeah, it came out the twentieth. Okay. On the same team. I, 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 it's going to be more Earth focused, is what the the general gist of it I, I, mm-hmm. that I've, I've gathered, um, which I think is good. Um, you know, you can only do so much of this crazy, like, look at this planet, look at this planet, look at this planet, look at this planet before it mm-hmm. becomes like, oh, this is obviously a formula. Um, and there's, I know a lot, and half the fun of Marvel Universe is seeing that characters interact in weird ways. And, uh, surfers, you know, this, this newer version of him should be interesting. Mm-hmm. I really liked how they, they, they took, on, they took on that last days, you know, bit. Yeah. That, that, you know, they were given a, a, a situation where the world is ending. How do, what story do we tell? And I think they, they, it, they did an interesting thing with it, with uh, them having the choice to, you know, recreate the world, which it, mm-hmm. it, it kind of echoes the, the thing that we talked about with Doom in that main story, you know, what his choices were when he remade, you know, made his own world and we see these people make theirs and I, seeing them, seeing, you know, none of it's particularly like deep character stuff, mm-hmm. but it's still, you know, very competently executed and shows, mm. you know, this the Silver Surfer who is has changed. I think mm-hmm. uh, from his interactions with Dawn. No, definitely. Gosh, no it it it's it's the way a Doctor Who story would end. You know, yes. Yeah. Since I've watched so much of. The, uh, the, the new, the new several, or the new several series. God, I'm, I've not seen any of the ones with, uh, uh, what's his name? Peter Capaldi. I've not seen any of his yet, which is I, unfortunate. I, I, you don't even know who these people are. I, I, I'm on Tumblr, so yes, I know who they are, but I've not watched it. I've, I've, I've not watched the first. I think I'm still half of a season or more behind on the Matt Smith stuff, but it's, it's, it's interesting that it is a very, Doctor Who sort of ending, but it also ties in the uh, the Secret Wars. I don't know. I, I I think it's very artfully done. This is I can't think of anything I've read from Dan Slott that I enjoy more than this. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the problem I have with a lot of his stuff is that it's all Spider Man stuff, mm-hmm. and I have very a very concrete idea of what I think Spider Man is, mm-hmm. and he has himself a self-professed spider-man fan i mean he he is uh you know demonstrates that kind of knowledge of the lore a lot the spider-verse and all the other tie-ins and books he's written about him but i i don't know the fact that i like that spidey throwback book is that i think enough to say you know 
that is kind of the Spider-Man I always want, mm-hmm. which isn't, I mean, I don't know. I, I You want the same Spider-Man over and over again. You would not be the only one. I know. I don't know. And I don't feel that way about a lot of characters for the most part. But for Spider-Man in particular, I feel like those, I don't, I have not really enjoyed anything he's written. You know, I didn't like Superior Spider-Man. I don't like globe-hopping Tony Stark, Peter Parker that much. Um, mm-hmm. I It's never badly written or anything. You know, he's not... A, He's a, a competent writer. He knows mm-hmm. what he's doing. It's just the direction, he's cho- the choices he makes are the one, the things I don't like. But this, I taking a character that is kind of was is been aimless for years, mm-hmm. uh, and giving it a direction. I don't care if it's so clearly uh, the using the same structure as Doctor Who. I feel like that structure works very well mm-hmm. in Silver Surfer. And well, I think I think even more than that. I mean, it it. Certainly the insertion of a human sidekick does what, what obvious, obviously Doctor Who needed, but like it really, it goes to the core of what is compelling and interesting about the character, but also has this, this sort of tack on of, of humanizing it and making it interesting to us. That's, that I think is where this succeeds, where all of these other takes on Spider-Man, they don't even, like what is good about Spider-Man? It's not that he's like it's not that he's like Tony Stark, it's not that he's <laughs> possessed by Otto Octavius, it's none of these things. It does not address what's great about the character. It's why um All-Star Superman works. It really looks hard at what is what makes this a great story about this character. I think this does it really really well. Yeah, it it identifies like you said, it's like a very your basic understanding of the Silver Surfer, and mm-hmm. then goes a direction about all those things about him. Like, okay, so yes. he is a a dude who wanted to explore, and now he's paired with a human who was always happy at her in her home, in her house, at, at, in her hometown. Uh, is a is a guy who is guilty about you know being the herald of Galactus. Paired with a true innocent, you know, a, a, a woman who is never, you know, seemingly is very altruistic and, and nice and not uh, a good person, so to speak. No, no skeletons in the closet. Um, a, a guy who has lots of power and wants to do good, but is often seen as un, is cold, you know, and, and paired with a human who's warm and, and, and kind and friendly, mm-hmm. outgoing. Um, it is very smart. In all those choices, Laura Allred loves that halftone filter. Yeah, loves it. In this book, in this book, yeah, makes sense. Well, I I I got a lot of love for it myself. There are some times it just doesn't work, though. But it's still this is still a really good looking book. So whatever, who cares? Yeah, it the it all the all comes together. Oh yeah. And I mean, I don't want to diminish Mike Allred's part in this, uh, and and Laura Allred for that matter. They do a, a bang up job. It looks really great. It really, mm-hmm. it for a book that you think of that weird cosmic stuff. It does that really well and makes it very colorful. And but never, you know, it, it knows when to back off a little bit. The layouts are interesting, but never too confusing. Mm-hmm. You know. You know, it, it is really great. And I don't, as, as, and coming from someone, I'm not always a fan of Mike Allred. I think sometimes his art is a little too, um, but in this book, it feels great. Yeah, it's, uh, every, every part of this, I don't know, it could go wrong in a lot of places, and it does not. 
they line everything up pretty expertly, and I, I, uh, it, this book just makes me happy. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, it's, it, it's it's hard to find something negative to say about it. It would I would be really challenged to say anything bad about it. It is just it's just a really fun book done really well, and it makes you care about a character that you'd think you could just live without. And that that I think is what the best Marvel books over the past, I don't know, five or so years have really been focusing on the best ones. Yeah. The degree of difficultness is, is, is pretty high. Like mm-hmm. that there's a reason you really can't think of any exemplary silver surfer books because most of them you're like, Hey, it's that one Mobius drew. Hey, it's that one Aesop Rivik drew. You know, it's mm-hmm. never like, remember that run from like, from, for like three years when it was great. No, no one remembers that. Uh, there's, you know, it's, it's, he's like such a weird character to write. He's always worked mm-hmm. as a one-time villain or guest character and then disappears off into space. He goes to his home planet. Oh, it's mm-hmm. actually, there's no more, no more, no, no more Zenlaw. Benlaw? Zenlaw? Uh, it, I don't think it matters. It's a weird, made up, crazy thing. He lives on, uh, he lives on Krypton. Stanley has gone on record saying the Civil Surfer was his, the favorite of his characters. I think he all, I don't know, he, he's kind of been waiting for this book. Not Stan Lee, but yeah. the character. He's he's one that, I always, I liked the way Stan Lee described him, you know, as this sort of pensive guy who floats around in space and just witnesses weird shit, you know, I and he's, I don't know, like a deep thinker and has all these heavy things weighing on his mind. I always liked that, but Stan Lee I don't think ever had... He does not have the writing talent to to pull off something like that. I I don't know. I really like this book. I've kind of always wanted to like Silver Surfer. No, he's a cool character. Yes, there's like that's the thing. Like, there's a lot of cool characters in the Marvel universe that abstractly are cool, but when you actually read a lot of their stories, you're like, oh, this isn't that good. But this is a, he got a story that befits his status. As a I- iconic old character. Um, anything else you want to touch on? Eric? No, I I want more of this. Well, there's more. I'm I'm very glad that uh, this is continuing on because it it just looks and feels so good that it, it makes me happy that there's room for this in Marvel. So, folks, that will do it for Silver Surfer one through fifteen. Dan Slot, Mike Allred. Uh, great story, great Silver Surfer book. Uh, maybe I don't know his. The first one with the first story that is is worth recommending for sure. Uh, next week we're gonna go back to Batman. Uh, this time it is pre New Fifty Two Batman, but still Scott Snyder. Uh, but this time uh with Jock as his artist. This is the the, the Black Mirror. Uh, this is Detective Comics eight seventy one to eight eighty one. Uh, it's collected that way. Um, I I think Scott Snyder were still a little after reading uh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We'll we're, we'll we'll sort out our feelings about Snyder and Batman. Uh, his his run on the the mainstream Batman title will be coming a short a close shortly. Maybe actually, read all that eventually. But this is a nice little bite sized bit of it. Uh, and pre New Fifty Two Batman, which I'm generally a fan of. Um, so yeah, the Black Mirror Detective Comics eight seventy one through eight eighty one. Dear God, there's so many. Um, next week, read on. I think that'll do it. For us this week, we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. All the stuff you need is right there at that website. Uh, you like the show, you want to help us out, 
Give us a good review. Give us five stars. Subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you listen to us. Uh, it all trickle down. All helps us out. Uh, recommend us to your friends. All of that. Really appreciate it. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash handsome boys comics hour, Twitter at HBC hour. Again, you can, and you can email us at handsome boys comics at gmail.com. Any of those places, uh, reach out to us, contact us, follow us, like us, you know, whatever social media. Mm-hmm. If you want us to read something, let us know. We'll take it under advisement at least. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at MixMasterCereal. That's M-I-X-M-A-S-T-R-C-E-R-A-L. Eric, can they find you online? You can see my portfolio by going to FreeWheelUnlimited.com and most of the things I get up to online uh, by going to EricZGoodnight.com. That includes my... Uh, my <laughs> Excuse me. I'm getting texts and they're distracting. Uh, that that includes my Instagram, where I'm known as Easy Goodnight, and my uh, my Twitter, where I'm known as Mr. Bad Example, spelled M R Bad Example. It was so challenging to say all that. <laughs> and with that, we will call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll. <laughs>